Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. I want to read beginning at verse 13. I had hoped to speak through the 20th verse. Um, you might chuckle when I say that uh, because we haven't really, uh, a lot of times I, I guess I think I'm going to bite off more than I can chew as the expression goes. But God, I had even written down the call and response of Matthew, and I never even got to the 14th verse. I guess we can just read the 13th verse this morning. Mark 2:13. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. Title this message, Going Forth Again or he went forth again. I, like I said, I, I, I really had planned on preaching in the, the call of Matthew or Levi and, and dealing with that and his response. And as we began, the Lord just, I guess my introduction to that message was, is this message. And that happens. And I'm not disappointed at all. And want to look here this morning at Christ, or he, he went forth again. If you look in this passage of Scripture, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days. In chapter 1, verse 35, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Mark 1, verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway or immediately on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. In each of these verses, these four verses, our text plus Mark 2, 1, Mark 1, 21, Mark 1, 35, we find that Christ went into a location. He went into a place and in each instance he, he was doing the Lord's work. He was preaching, He was teaching, He was praying. These things transpired. I'm not a, not a English scholar of any kind, but I've heard this enough in, in paramilitary, military type things. The quote from uh, one of Shakespeare's plays or whatever it is he wrote, once more unto the breach, dear friends, once more. Here he goes again. He went forth again by the seaside. I'm told that in Shakespeare's it speaks of this, it's a phrase to encourage his soldiers who were launching an attack. Well, here's Christ, King Jesus, the captain of our salvation, once more into the breach, dear friends, once more. Here he goes again. Let us, let us follow him one more time as he goes forth faithfully preaching and teaching the Word of God. We have the greatest king, the greatest captain, the greatest leader, 
And this is what he's done and doing and shows and teaches us. I want you to remember, if you look back in Mark chapter 1 and verse 17, remember, he's discipling Peter and James and John and Andrew. And he's teaching them to be what? Fishers of men. And in verse 17, and Jesus said to them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And so, what have we seen? So far in these couple chapters, he goes and he preaches or he teaches the Word of God. He goes and he preaches and he teaches the Word of God. And he's healing, but if you'll notice as well, if you look in verse 38, and he said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may heal and cast out demons. That's not what it says, is it? That I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. You know, sometimes when you go fishing, you don't catch anything. We used to call it getting skunked. I don't know if that's a universal term, but that's what we called it. Other times, as the Bible says in Luke 5 and verse 6, your nets are full and breaking. I remember my father, we were in Illinois one time visiting Timothy John and dad was preaching there in a meeting and dad said it was a great day fishing. I didn't catch a single fish. Dad said, God brought more fish to my line than anybody. It was a great day. You know, we like those days, don't we? But you know, if you never went fishing again because you had a bad experience fishing, you're never going to catch any fish, are you? And if you go out fishing for men and you don't, to use that expression, you don't catch any men and say, well, I'm never going to go again. You've guaranteed you'll never catch another man. But what's the example that Christ left us? And He went forth again. He went forth again. I've told you before, turn over to the 126th Psalm. I've told you the story before about the lady, a sister in Christ, I don't remember her name, but she came up to my grandmother and she said, oh, I'm still praying that the Lord will save Harry. And Mamma said, she goes, oh, there's no use praying for him. God will never save him. And the Lord saved him. Called him to preach. Used him mightily in the service of the Lord. And as we just heard from our brother in Christ, that this is a a, a real life, someone we know, and he admitted it and I admit it, how often do we maybe say the words but don't really believe it? How many of us have children or a parent or in-laws or grandchildren or friends or whomever it would be that we would like them to, at minimum, come to church? At a maximum, we'd love the Lord to save them and add them to His work and addict them unto the ministry of the saints. Well, once more again, go forth. Listen to the 126th Psalm, verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Not might reap in joy. It's possible they shall. 
He that goeth forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Scriptures tell us if you sow little, you'll reap little. You sow much, you'll reap much. See how disciplined the Lord Jesus Christ was about this work. Right now, maybe some of the messages we preach, maybe you've been burdened by the Lord to, you know what, I need to talk to this person, I need to talk to this person. It's hard to get started sometimes, isn't it? And sometimes it's hard to maintain because I'll be honest with you, everything gets in your way. Even the Bible reading, just reading scripture. I know it takes 20 minutes. We've been sick. I've had strep throat. The kids have had allergies. I've got this new job. The hours have yet to be consistent. It's, it's HVAC. There's no set schedule. It's hard to get going and it's hard to be consistent. But here's Christ. He went forth again. He went forth again. I like to notice this, and I hope it'll be a real encouragement. As I said, I couldn't get away from it. I hope it'll be an encouragement to you. Christ had some consistency about him, he wasn't sporadic, he wasn't all over the place. I mean it, if you have not talked to someone about the Lord Jesus Christ, if you, that very first one, that's going to be difficult. You're going to have fears, you're going to have anxieties, what will they say, what will this, what will that. I promise you this, they will not be more lost when you're done talking to them. I'm convinced that one of the problems of today, of the people of God, the church of the Lord, myself included, is at best we're sporadic. I talked to one pastor and he said, I got all these ideas and we're going to implement it and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And he works construction. He's up north. He works construction. And he said, I got all these great ideas in the winter because he's laid off. And then come summertime, he's back to work. And they're like, well, are we going to do these things? And he's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Forgot about that. Christ was disciplined. And you can become disciplined. In fact, everybody here has been disciplined. Some of, you, some of us get up every day, or every day that we have to, and you go to work to this job. And you've done it for years. You've done it for weeks, for days. Some people go to work for jobs they don't even like. They'll go and they'll work where their labor is vain. It's, it's, it doesn't necessarily have an eternal value. But the Lord told us that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. But isn't it hard to do that? The one... 
furnace. You know, the Bible calls it filthy lucre. Christ called it mammon. We'll do that, but to turn and serve God. Christ was disciplined. I, I, I think discipline is going to be a lot like love. You're not just going to try better. I'm going to try hard. I'm going to be disciplined. No, we're going to have to look to the Lord. Not by might or by strength, or, or, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Zechariah 4.6 Look over, if you would, in Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. If we're going, I want to define something real quick here. If we're going to be successful in fishing for men, what do I mean by successful? Am I talking about numbers, filling the pews, uh, 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 filling a bank account? All no, that's not what I mean by successful. By successfulness in fishing for men, I mean what Acts 18 and 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 verse six says. Paul and Silas and Timothy, they'd been. They had been preaching the Word of God. And the Bible says in verse 5, When Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Have you ever been pressed in the Spirit to talk to a person about the Lord Jesus? I hope that you have been. If you haven't, may God do so today. Have you ever been pressed to do the Lord's work or really burdened about doing... This, preaching and teaching the Word of God. Not necessarily in a Sunday school classroom, but to go to a person or to go and broadcast the Gospel seed out. Have you ever been pressed in the Spirit to do that? You know, you can choke that pressing out. You can delay it, or not delay it, but you can put it off. You can quench it, and it'll it'll, drive it away deep down. And you'll be unpleasing to God. But when I'm talking about being successful, I want you to read the next verse, Acts 18, verse 6. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. See, God has set us as watchmen. He set you as a watchman in your family. He set you as a watchman in this community. In your sphere of influence, you're a watchman. And God said, you can read it in the book of Ezekiel, you can look up watchmen and you can find it there. God said, listen, if I tell you that, that, that uh, uh, it's the, the enemy is coming and, and you don't go and warn the people, their blood's going to be on you. But if you go and warn them and they don't listen to you, their blood's on themselves. And if you go and warn them and they, they repent, praise God. And here Paul says, your blood's on you. I told you. That's, that's the success we need to have. And in order to do that, we have to go and go again and go and go again. That one day we can stand before God and say, God, I did it. 
I did what you told me to do. See, God's in the drawing business and He's in the saving business and we're in the telling business. I know a lot of times, you know, we say, well, I haven't seen anybody saved in a while. There could be an issue with the telling business. Because I know there's not an issue with the Lord in the saving business. Somebody once complained about, well, we haven't seen any baptisms yet. Well, we have to make disciples first. That's not a lack of want to. We're going to have to have some discipline and consistency. Look over in the book of Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Here Paul and Barnabas had gone out on what's termed as the first missionary journey. Acts 13.49 And I want to read here through the remainder of the chapter, verse 52, and notice here it says, Verse 49, Acts 13, And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came into Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So let's look here. They were preaching the word of God There were opposition. They expelled them out of the city. And they said, you know what? We're done. That's not what happened, is it? Look in the 14th chapter, verse 1. And it came to pass in Iconium that we went both together into the synagogue of the Jews. And so spake that a great multitude, both of Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. So what did they do? They went forth again, didn't they? Different city, but they went forth again. Verse 2, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. So it's another opposition. Same thing. Verse 3, Long time therefore a bold day speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lycaonia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. So they preached the gospel there in chapter 13. Then they got cast out. They went to Iconium and preached the gospel there. And they got run out of town. And they went to Lystra and Derby, And they preached the gospel there. You talk about discipline and consistency. All they were doing was following the example of Christ. They were going forth Again, look over into chapter 17 if you would. Acts chapter 17, verse 1 through 3. 
verse 1 of Acts 17. Again, Paul, missionary journey. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. That, that's consistency right there. Three Sabbath days. Didn't have one, and then the next, well, you know what, I'm tired. I need a day off. Been making tents in between. Didn't have time to study. No, he was he was there. The next Sabbath they went in and reasoned with him again. And then did it a third time. And quit saying, well, he was Paul or he was in the ministry. Every, everybody here ought to be able to reason out of the Scriptures something. They ought to be able to reason Christ as Savior out of the Scriptures. I, I mean this. You want to know how you're going to get better? Go reason with Christ or reason with somebody that Christ, Jesus is the Christ out of the Scriptures. Go talk to somebody about it. Say, well, I'm not very good at it. If you want to have a conversation at home with your spouse, if you want to call me on the phone, have a conversation with me, a brother and sister in Christ about the Lord Jesus, you know, and 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 have that conversation, what it's like, and then go and have it with someone else. Find one of these young people in our church who's lost and tell them about the Lord Jesus. Tell them how the Lord saved you. Had everybody write down their salvation story and we shared it. And and I hope you've told it to somebody since then. Look at Acts chapter 18. Or I'm sorry, I didn't finish reading, I don't think. Verse 2. Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. Now, look in chapter 18, verse 1. Acts 18, verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought. For by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So what did he do? He preached Christ. That was his manner. That was his habit. He literally walked in, if you would, into the lion's den. He walked into the synagogues, the enemy's place, and he preached Christ. And he went forth again, and he went forth again, and he went forth again. Is this my manner? Is this my habit? Is this what we do? Go and preach, go and tell, and then do it again. Look in Acts chapter 15. Here's Paul. After that, they'd, they'd already gone out on one missionary journey, returned to Antioch. Now they went down to Jerusalem about the whole circumcision issue. 
that all gets taken care of. And now in verse 36 of Acts 15, Paul goes to Barnabas and notice what he says. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. He went back. So I've already talked to this person. So did Paul. And he went back. How many times did Christ have to talk to you through the minister, through a pastor, through a Sunday school teacher, through your mom, or through your dad until you were brought under the saving knowledge, faith, repentance, trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior? I want you to remember, the Apostle Paul, before God saved him, he was Saul of Tarsus. And I know he was saved on that Damascus road, but I want you to understand, he sat at the feet of, uh, of, of Gamaliel, or Galilee, however you say his name, and he had been taught the Scriptures. We're dealing with folks, a lot of times, they don't know word one of the Scriptures. They've never heard the Bible. I mean, creation, that's, that's like a myth to them. Who, who, who's this Moses fella? Who's, you know, who is, who's Joseph? Who's David? Who's Goliath? Who's Samson? The things that a lot of us take for granted, people don't know. You know, there's a lot of people that Paul went and preached the gospel to. They were Greeks, Gentiles. They didn't know who Samson was. They didn't know who Moses was. They were Gentiles. That'd be like somebody coming from, from you know, China and talking to me about some dynasty. I don't know. That's not our history. But he preached Christ unto them. That was his manner. See, we have to go and talk to someone about the Lord and go again. You've invited someone to church. They don't come. Don't quit. Invite them again. Invite them till they come. Be like that uh, one, the importunate prayer who went and knocked on the door. Be like the one who went to the judge and the unjust judge. He said... Well, if I, don't, if I don't take care of this widow, she's just going to keep bothering me. You want so-and-so at minimum to come to church, you want them to come to the Lord, you keep praying to God. If you pardon this expression, and it's no bother to the Lord to pray to Him, but you keep bothering the Lord. You keep pestering the Lord. Remember, not every city was sieged and taken in one day. They had to walk around Jericho seven days. Seven times. Y'all got children, grandchildren. We got parents. We got in-laws. We got siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles. They don't know the Lord. We got folks who we want to see in the house of the Lord. Keep inviting and keep praying. 
That's my next point. I know that this doesn't say this in our text, but I th- I'm trying to keep track too of how many times Jesus went to pray. I mean, you look back in chapter 1, and it tells us in verse 35, and in the morning rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Keep praying. We just had testimony about that. And I'm not trying to beat him up. I admit, I I didn't always pray as he's asked me to pray about it. We, we we have to understand. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. We need to go forth again into our prayer closets. Christ went out, the Bible tells us in Mark 2 verse 13, He went forth again by the seaside. He went to the same place he'd been before. Go to the same ones that you've already gone to. I'd also like you to note what did Christ do when he went to them? Well, Mark 2.13 And he went forth again by the seaside and all the multitude resorted unto him and he taught them. He taught them. The sense of the words here are as people continued to come to Christ, He taught them. Teaching the Word of God is never to stop. Did not Christ say unto His church, you know, He said, go ye therefore and and teach all nations or make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Then he also said in verse 20 of Matthew 28, teaching them, who? The disciples, to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age, or the end of the world. Church, teach them until the end of the church age. Look over, I want to run a couple of scripture references. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. <clears throat> Some of these modern, I, I don't even want to call them Christians. I don't, I don't know what to call them. But they're, they're, well, this is what Jesus would have done. Or this is what Jesus would do. Oh, he would, he would feed everybody and He would do this and, and He would open up the church doors and He would clothe and house the homeless. This is His house. And it's, it's the purpose of the church and the church house houses the church. It's where we come and assemble. I understand this is just a building. We are the church. But the purpose of this place is it's devoted and consecrated unto the worship of Jesus Christ. 
That's what it's for. I know a lot of people say, oh, he sat and he ate with sinners and he did all of these things and all of this. And you know what he did? He taught them the Word of God. And you never hear anybody say, you know, he taught them the Word of God. It's, oh, he clothed them and he fed them. Those, they're just like the multitudes that followed him because of the miracles of the loaves and the fishes. They don't care one iota about the Word of God. They really don't. It's all, oh, you know what? Yeah, that, that's a good idea. Maybe we should, you know, open up the church house and, 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 and you know. No. Jesus casted people out of the church house. He overthrew the changers of the money tables because it was a place that was to be devoted unto prayer and the ministry of the Word and the worship of God Almighty. See, stuff sounds good until you hold it up in light of this book. And then you go, that doesn't pass the Bible test, does it? When people say, oh, we ought to do, you ought to do this for the poor. Jesus said, you're always going to have poor people. We're not going to stamp out poverty. It's not going to happen. Amen. I'm not trying to belittle folks. Some people, they're poor because they make poor decisions. They make poor choices. Sin will cost. It always has. Acts 2, verse 42, observe here. What did the church do? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. What did the church here do? They were what? Continuing steadfastly in the first thing, in the apostles' doctrine. What did we read Jesus did? Mark 2.13 And He taught them. What did the early church do? Continued on in the teaching of God's Word. We look over in 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. Here Paul writing unto young man in the Lord, young man in the ministry. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16, Take heed unto thyself. So first of all, take heed to yourself. And then the next thing he says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine or the teaching. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Timothy, the things you've been taught in the Word of God, continue in it, take heed to it, And that what Christ did? He taught them again. He, he went out again and He taught them the Scriptures. Christ taught them the Word of God. He taught them doctrine, the Gospel, precepts of God, commandments of God, judgments of God, the purpose of God. He continued preaching to the multitudes. This is one of the things that when so many people talk about, well, you know what Jesus would do? 
They never mention he would teach the Word of God. They never mention it. You know why? They're not interested in it. It is the first thing he did. Didn't I read to you there in Mark 1.35? Peter comes out and says, Well, everybody's looking for you. He says, Great. Let's go to the next town and preach there also because that's the reason I'm here. We have the record of what Christ did. He went out and He preached. He went out and He prayed. He went out and He preached. He went out again and He preached. And the purpose was that souls would be saved. Mark 1, verse 38, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, for there came I forth. You know, faith still comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. James 1.18 still says that we're begotten with the Word of God. Romans 1.16 still says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. The gospel is still the power of God, isn't it? And so no wonder Christ, He went out and He taught the Word of God. I mean, if we're going to go forth, and we're going to go forth again, then we ought to use the Word of God. I'm told, and I, I, I found it to be accurate, that doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Christ said, here's what you do. Here's how you do it. Here's what the results will be. And he did it. And this is what happened. And the first early churches did it. And this is what happened. And all down through history, churches of the Lord have done it. And this is what happened. And it's incumbent upon us. The Bible Baptist Church follow Christ Jesus to go forth and to go forth again bearing precious seed. I mean, I don't know specifically what you all have done. I only know what I have done. And if I have bared little, if I've sown little, I'm going to reap little. That's what the Scriptures say, isn't it? 
That's true in everything. Your soul limit. If you go, if you only during your work week, say you only work one day. Guess what? You're only gonna get paid for one day. If you if you sow gospel seed one time, you're gonna reap little. So if we if we're sowing a little and we're expecting to have great results or great reaping, we're kidding ourselves. That's not the law that God set up. He said, go ye forth. And he went forth, and he went forth again, and he went forth again, and he went forth again. And he went to some of the same places, and we'll study here, we'll see. He goes down, and there's Levi. calls him and he saved him. Boy, I, we don't have a lot about Matthew in the Scriptures. I'm told Matthew was instrumental in North Africa preaching the Gospel. Martyred. No doubt Matthew could stand before Christ and say, Not on my hands. Can we say the same thing? May God help us that we'll be able to. I want you, I want me, I want us as a church to be able to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ in the day of judgment at the beam of seat of Jesus, saying, Lord, I did what you told me to do. You know, the Bible says there's going to be wiping away tears. You know, it's going to be from us not doing what we were supposed to do. I really believe that. You say, yeah, but they'll be wiped away. Wouldn't it be great not to have them to wipe away in the first place? Just tears of joy. Lord. Like that hymn, Must I go and empty-handed? Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul to greet him. Must I empty-handed go? May God help us. May he, may he burden us. May we be pressed in the Spirit. I know you got loved ones. I know you got folks on the prayer list. I encourage you to keep praying for them. I encourage you to go visit with them. Invite them. Call them today. Call them tomorrow. Call them this week. Say, I'd really like you to come to church. I'll come by and get you. Call them that. They, they come say, oh, it's great to have you here. like to see you next time. Call them again. They don't show up. Call them and say, oh, missed you. We had great services. You need to come next time. I'll come pick you up. Have your own little bus ministry with your, have your own little car ministry. Picking them up. Bring them to the house of God. Encourage you to. The time is at hand. I mean, it's like the angels are in here telling Lot. You got anybody else here? That's right. Amen. That's where we're at. Amen. May God encourage us. Let's stand. We'll close in prayer.